Alrighty, welcome to another Root Issues podcast. I'm Chris Henderson, and I'm here with Luke Tornare or Tornar. What's up? <laughs> uh, Mr. Woodrow is not with us today, but we are going to take this Root Issues, and we're going to go look at the Root Issues of... Today, we're going to be looking at the solution for dishonest spirituality. Ooh. And so this is where Steve went in his new series, This is Love, and we're looking at First John. And today we're going to be looking at specifically 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. And we're going to take a look at that reading because Steve is pointing us into this is the answer for dishonest spirituality. And we'll, we'll define dishonest spirituality before we start talking about it, in case you didn't tune in on the last podcast. Um, but we're just going to dig in on this. And so Luke, or John... No, Luke. Yes. Yeah, there's Luke. Okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Yeah, I meant, yeah. First John, here we go. This is First John 8 through 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to clean us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Yeah, and so this takes us into dishonest spirituality. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and kind of rattle off kind of your definition of dishonest spirituality, Luke. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can go to the root issue is like you're dishonest maybe because you don't understand uh -huh. oh, or yeah. you're dishonest because you don't almost, you don't want to understand because yeah. that implies changes in your life that you don't yeah. want to take. So this first John talking about, we deceive ourselves. Truth is not in us. Um, and pretty much just, that the main thing with Christianity that can really mess you up uh -huh. is knowing is thinking that you're okay yeah. when you're not yeah. thinking that you're a good person when you're really not. Yeah. And so it's almost like you, you don't reach out your hand to Jesus to pick mm -hmm. you up. Yeah. If you don't, cause Jesus can't, he's not going to force his saving upon you, right? You have to yeah. ask for it and you can't ask for it if you don't know you need it. Yeah. And so I think that's really what younger, I think that's what everyone struggles with is knowing they're thinking they're okay. Mm -hmm. Like if you ask someone general on the street, like, are you a good yeah. person? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, I do this, this, this. And like, you start asking, have you ever stolen? Have you ever lied? Have you ever, yeah. you know, committed adultery? Like, oh yeah. no. Well, you know, the Bible says this about adultery. And like, oh, I guess, I guess I have. And you just yeah. start saying those like on judgment day. Yeah. Would, would Jesus be like, okay, yeah, he's okay. Just from his works. And obviously not. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a big, big misconception, a big a big yeah. issue is people thinking they're good when they're really, really not. No, totally. I mean, yeah, it's like that perception. Like, because none of us want to walk around thinking, like, you know, I'm a total bad person. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we're always looking to do good. I mean, and why? Because when we do good, we feel good. Yeah. And so we're doing good. But, I mean, it's like the whole equation of what makes salvation. You know, and John says here, yeah, like, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we don't confess our sins. So, I mean, we could start there, like, this root issue of, like, how many people actually take practice in confessing their sins before God? Mm -hmm. Actually kind of an analyzing and taking stock of their day and saying, ooh, you know, I, I shouldn't have got so upset with Elaine. My sweet wife. I, I know better. I just, yeah. everything, you know, like, you know, go talk to God about it. Or I shouldn't have become irritated with my children, you know. And so when these things come, you know, are we confessing our sins? Are we really analyzing, like, how much we need God's guidance in our life? Mm -hmm. And so Steve threw out some suggestions here to kind of, like, bring in some points of, like, you know, well, have you ever? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so he's got, like, about five or six here, I think it is. It's like... 
First one, talking about God or talking about knowing God, but not spending time in his word. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so like, okay, so like big red flag comes up. So like how many days, you know, do you go without spending time in his word? That's also a misconception. You can be in his word, but still not, still not be with God. I feel like almost right. Okay. I mean, you, when you're reading the word, I try to, I do it every day. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, I I just read it and I don't even really think about what it's reading. Mm -hmm. And so you can read the word every day. You cannot. um, And it might have the same result, but if you, if you truly read it and truly look for that relationship in the word, it's obviously super powerful. Um, But yeah, I think a lot of times we just find ourselves reading it as a checklist. Yeah. No, it is. It's It's the infamous checklist. Like, I mean, we can say that right now. We can just go ahead and define that as a root issue. Mm -hmm. Like somehow in our little robotic minds, we get into the checklist of like, oh, I did this. Or, you know, I had my Jesus and me time. I had my jam time, you know, and I checked it off. And so we go down the list because we live so much of our lives in a checklist mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think we do not live in a reflective mentality. Mm-hmm. Like where we really take stock of what is the problem? What is the situation or wh- who am I, you know, and take stock in that. And so, yeah, we could definitely say talking about knowing God, but not spending time in his work. Okay. So that's a big red flag. Like if somebody's just always uh, talking about God, this, God, that, God, this, but they're never in the word. But then for, even for us who like seek to spend time in his word and to grow in his word, if we're not seeking an encounter with God in that moment for him to speak in us, and we're kind of coming up short, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, okay, so let's talk about like that. Like, so in the checklist, okay, so you know young people. You know young people who don't know Christ. I know young people who don't know Christ. And I, I do, I feel like they're always kind of putting up this barrier of, is this person real? Yep. Is who he says God is, is real. And, and they're looking to see in our lives, is God real? Would you agree? I think everyone wants to acknowledge that there's something bigger Uh because if there's not, then there's (laughs) problems. Um, That's hard. Yeah. They, they, they think there's something out there, but they don't, they don't want to obey it. This, we kind of come back to this every time I feel like, well, I know because this is the root issue. And it's like, you know, because I've mentioned it several times in the root issues podcast, like we have to have the heroes championing for God Mm -hmm. and showing us what it, is to live in a relationship with God. And so, you know, this first one, talking about knowing God, but not spending time in his word, you know, you can just, there's no relationship there. There's no listening. There's no listening. There's no relationship. There's no communication. Okay, so the next one, you know, this one that Steve put up on the board was forcing testimony rather than being honest with lack of testimony. Okay, so let's just talk about testimony. Testimony is just like, you know, what has God done for you lately? How is God moving in your life? Yeah, they can also be named God moments or... Yeah, God moments, moments. God sightings as in VBS and vacation Bible school. But, you know, there's there's this connection for like, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, so he's doing something in my life. And so I should give testimony to it. Mm -hmm. I should give testimony to it and how I live and how I walk and how I breathe and how I even look at the situations in my life. And... That testimony shows others that God is real. Mm-hmm. It's encouragement. Yeah. It's encouragement. But I think sometimes people force testimony because maybe they are in a place of spiritual dishonesty. They mm-hmm. think they have a deeper relationship with God than they do. And so they 
convince themselves like, oh, I've just got to, I got to, oh, you know, the other day I just felt like God moving on my heart. You know, we've heard the terminology. We've heard the verbiage before. Sometimes and, people even use testimony to make things happen in their lives that they want to happen. Like, yeah. If they, they, like I've seen this happen before, like someone's in love with this girl and it's like, oh, God told me to marry you. And the girl's yeah. like, did, okay, if you really told you that. Yeah. I don't know of any girl who's accepted that one. I mean, I think there would be well, far you know, less. Try, yeah. right? Well, they try, you know. So, and then the girl goes and prays and has a relationship with yeah. God, and God's like, no, 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 run away. Yeah. But yeah, so like false testimony, just, you know, you know, in our culture as followers of Jesus, we all want to encourage one another. And so there can be this spiritual dishonesty where we like live in this place where we make things up or we exaggerate or overblow. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to say that God has healed this broken body that I'm living in right now, you know, because I'm like, I got a big shoulder sling on with a big foam pad. Now I got a cool knee brace on, you know, but he hasn't healed it. I've had people pray, I'm looking at another surgery. Mm-hmm. So what's my testimony? Yeah. You know, what's my testimony? And so my testimony at this point in time, I have to just live with the hope and the belief that I'm not going to stay like this, Mm -hmm. that I'm going to see the other side, that I'm going to be able to rehabilitate, that the surgeons will be awesome at what they do, and then they reattach my meniscus to my bone because I miss my meniscus, you know? (laughs) And so, but, you know, like I can either just go into gloom and depression, or I can say, no, God is still for me. I don't know what these circumstances are, but I've got to move forward in my hope and in my testimony mm-hmm. that he's for me. And so, you know, testimony is a big one. Like, I think nothing can turn others off more quickly than when you're just kind of like, well, God did this and God did that. And like, hey, how are you today? Oh, I'm just, you know, seeking to do God's so will. Blessed right now. So yeah. blessed right now. So blessed, you know. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, got a parking spot right in front of the building today. God just loves me. And so, you know, this testimony thing can just be like a real, I can see how people can get into self-deception because they're constantly thinking that these things are happening. And maybe they are, maybe they're not. But when you try to explode it and make it bigger than it is, then it can be a form of spiritual dishonesty. Mm -hmm. So, Luke, as we keep drilling down, how would you define like, the the most common spiritual dishonesty. Um, I think knowing that you're, like we were saying again, that you're you're wrong, mm-hmm. and accepting that you're wrong, and that you need yeah. help. And I guess that breaks down into trusting in God. So mm-hmm. being like, okay, I can trust in myself, right? Yeah, because oh, God made me. You know, He gave me a mind. Yeah, I can I can kind of do what I. I want and I think and it's just not not trusting I think yeah. is the biggest biggest thing. Yeah. And so when we apply that like here we go cuz this is the next one. And so when we think we think about trusting Steve threw this one on and everyone everyone out there in podcast world has to raise their hand. Like in middle school I'm like, "Okay, everybody just raise your hand because you've all had times where you've doubted yourself. Just raise your hand." You know, because it's a struggle. But this one, I think we could all raise our hands to, you know, saying we will pray for someone, but don't really end up praying for them at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, how often, like, you know, you hear somebody who's maybe going through a struggle or something, and you're like, oh, brother, I'll pray for you. And that's the only, that's it. 
And also can go fall back to a checklist prayer too, right? Yeah, no, no, like, totally. Oh, got to pray for them. Oh, got to pray for them. Cool, we're good. Got his name. I know his situation. Or I don't really know his situation, God, but you do. Yeah. Which is, if it's the heart's right, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if the heart's not right and you're just doing it as a checklist, then you're in this place of dishonesty. Like you really don't understand the power that God has. You don't really understand his heart to move. And then and, just breaking down prayer too almost. Yeah. Like it's not just saying things to God. Yeah. I feel like it's almost more of like that's part of it. But yeah. then living your life like you're asking God for that and yeah. seeing that there is a possibility yeah. that God could answer that prayer. Totally. Totally. And I mean, I'm like, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, okay, you know, we've, we've prayed for healing. I keep having people pray. If anybody ever says, hey, brother, I want to pray for you. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Put your hand on the knee. Yeah. You know, put the meniscus back. I miss it, you know. But if it, you know, if it doesn't happen, my belief in God and his ability to heal is not diminished. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, okay, well, what is the hope that I'm living in? Well, the hope is that I will be completely restored. I will be completely restored and better and stronger and have a longer life because of this injury, because of what they fixed. Yep. And so, you know, I have to take it to the next level of just, and then I have to live that out. You know, I have to live that out. You almost have to give it to God. Yeah. In sense, like, take care of this. And then totally just trust, you know, yeah. however it works out. And so... But the whole praying for people, I mean, it is. It's like Steve made a great point. He was like, listen, just stop yourself. And if you if you feel like you're going to say that, then just go ahead and say, hey, can I pray for you right now? Yeah. You know, just stop wherever you are. Yeah. I mean, that is being a more, in more of a relationship with God to say, my day stops. And I only got tw- 20 feet out, the, you know, the office hallway because I had to pray for six people before I got to the copy room. Mm-hmm. You know, and it took 20 minutes. But that would be... Far better than just saying, hey, well, let me, let me, I'm going to pray for you, brother. Mm-hmm. And then it slips your mind because, you know, there's this thing of like, we're deceiving ourselves if we don't follow up and if we don't really believe. And our culture has perverted that whole thing oh, too yeah. of like, oh, hopes and prayers, right? Hopes like, and that prayers. means nothing yeah. now. No. That means just like, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we genuinely care about what's happening to you, yeah. but we're not actually going to pray or do anything. Yeah, no, you. I mean, yeah, like, you know, just say like you're going to pray for somebody, it's like, oh, you know, you threw some spirituality on it, some religious connotations on it, and you mm-hmm. put it in the oven and let it bake, but you don't really pray, you don't really proceed. And I would almost say like, you know, our prayer has to be an action prayer. Like, we are, we are moving heaven to earth. We're moving the spiritual realm. We're not just like going to God and saying, hey, I have the same desire as he does, and I pray that you heal him, you know, but no, like, God, heal the bones right now. Just bring the healing. And so I think even in that, like, I don't want to be a judger of prayers, but there's praying in authority, and then there's just, you know, just praying just words that maybe don't really change or affect the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Would you say the most effective prayer is when you're, like, praying in God's will in the sense of, like, not necessarily being like, okay, I need this exact thing to happen, but yeah. you like, I guess it's a really broad prayer. Yeah. Like, I pray for your will, right? Yeah. But, well, I mean, it's like, you know, like, okay, but but here here's the kicker. Like, you know, I love that statement. Like, you know, because we've all heard it. Like, hey, Lord, we just pray for your will to be done in their life right now. Okay. Well, a lot of that's going to be like, what is your relationship with God? Like, do you know his will? Yeah. I mean, if you know his will, then, then pray his will. Yep. Ask for his will to become on that person. And if you're like, man, I'm just feeling this sense in me. I've seen it before, like, just with, you know, healing prayer or or prayer for somebody who's just in a, a pickle of a situation. And you're like, I got the answer. I don't know how I got the answer, but I got the answer. And so then you just pray that answer to them. You pray God's will to them. And then it all works out when the person takes action on it. And so there is like, you know, there's a deception like, you know, 
I think when we say that in First John, like we deceive ourselves if we don't confess our sins, like we're we're so easily deceived mm-hmm. that oh. To know the will of God, I can't know that. And to know his promises for you, too. And to know the promises that God has given me, which are all yes in his name, like, oh my goodness. And so if you were to take those only and just pray the promises, then I would say you're praying God's will. Mm -hmm. And you're speaking those promises over to somebody. You know, and so, yeah, so the whole, you know, like, spiritual dishonesty of like, oh, I'm going to pray for your brother. And then we never get around to it. And and for those who like keep a list and, and go to that prayer closet every morning and just pray through that list, go, keep doing it because you're on that right track of understanding like our relationship with God is also based off of what is our character here to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Like when we say, I'm going to pray for you, then we got to pray for him, you know? And there's also that dishonest prayer, like Jesus talked about the Pharisees, you know, like just saying all these big words and making people think of them as all my holy. He's like, no, go in your closet and pray to me in person, right? Yeah. So that's a big part of it too. I feel like prayer is abused a lot to making people think that you're spiritual and like faking that, you know? No, and I mean, we all want to have that air, but I mean, and that's our root issue. The root issue here is we want to give an appearance of having a relationship with God. We want to give an appearance of following God. We want to give an appearance of being somebody who is totally sold out in love with God, but yet we we haven't figured out how we do that with God. So why would we want to fake that, though? That's my question. Why, why would, would we want to yeah. fake that? <laughs> because, I mean, it's just in our culture and our nature. Like, we don't want to be seen as something we're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Like, you know, if you go to church every Sunday, but yet you're really confused on discipleship. You're really confused on even how to pray. You're really confused on even how to read the Bible. And no one has come around and put their arm around you and shown you these things and passed it down generationally. Then, but you, you, you want to be in the end. You want to be seen as somebody who knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And let's just the rude issue on that. Like, I think we base our salvation on it. Like, am I good with God? Yep. If I was snapped right now and hit by a bus and open my eyes on the other side, am I going to see Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so the lack of confidence in that would cause anybody to like, to like okay, just got to do the tap dance, got to do the fake, because we're so insecure in what's next. Mm-hmm. We're so insecure in what's next. And so if we're insecure in what's next, then we're going to do everything we can to constantly convince ourselves, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Mm-hmm. So that, that's some of us like pursuing God in yeah. a way, right? That yeah. just not really sure how to go about it. Totally. And then I think there's also the people that live the lifestyle of uh-huh. a Christianity yeah. because they, mm-hmm. they see the benefits of it, right? They see the community aspect. They see... Yeah, people that live their lives this way are generally more happy, right? Yes, absolutely. So I guess just more speaking on that, because like, we see like people like Jordan Peterson, uh, Andrew Tate. I'm not saying I know what oh, yeah, they have no, a relationship totally. with yeah. Jesus or not, but it's like I think that's becoming also more popular. He's living the lifestyle, but yeah. not following, you know, the creator of the yeah. lifestyle almost like you know. Yeah, and I mean, so it does. It gets into like just this root core of this one-on-one relationship with God. I mean, I always go back to the greatest commandment because I'm like, if we can unpack that and really know then we're answering something for discipleship. Like if we can truly know what it means to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. To I mean, it's like I think about like how crazy in love I was with Elaine when I first met her. Mm-hmm. You know, 
like, okay, well, how often do I feel that way about God? Yeah. Like, am I in love with God? Am I just in love with him? Do I want to be in his presence? Do I want to hear him say, well done? Do I want to spend time understanding his word that was written so that we might know how to have that relationship? Because I think that was like, you know, the big example of Jesus' life was to show us, well, this is how you have a relationship with my father. Yeah, this is how you love this is how you love my father, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, we get caught up in the, the do's and the don'ts and the checklist. And there are, are needs for community. There's needs for a church body. There's needs for obedient in those things. But yet, like, you know, my essence is, am I in love with God? So when you ask God that, like, am I in love with you? What's usually the answer here back? You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I do a checklist because I'm a checklist guy. But like every night before I go to bed, I'm like, hey, God, are you and me okay? And he's like, yeah, we're good. And then I'm like, okay, there is nothing left for me to do. Go mm-hmm. to sleep. Or he might say, eh, you know, half thumbs up. I'm like, hey, I need to go figure out, you know, what I need to correct. But when, when I ask him, like, am I in love with you? You know, he resoundingly says, Yes. And then if I go further and I say, can I be more in love with you? He resoundingly says, yes. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on this journey of like, man, what is it to just be thinking about God, to be in love with God, to be motivated by God, to know that no matter what's thrown my way on this side of life, I will overcome because of God. Not because of me, not because of my resilience, not because of any of that. My resilience comes from my relationship with God. And I think that's evident in the way people, like I see you, like, right, yeah. you're loving others, which kind of like Steve talked about that. Yeah. You can't love God if you don't love others, right? Yeah. It doesn't work. So yeah. you can just see the example of that. Yeah. And I think the things, how we, how people act publicly and also privately mm-hmm. is, is really how you can tell if someone's yeah. really, you know, not living it fake and, yeah. and honestly. No. And so like, you know, just when you think about like spiritual dishonesty, we're talking about like all of us are deceived. All of us are like sheep who've gone astray. And so we just need to come to this place. Like, okay, there is some spiritual dishonesty in me. I mean, Steve, even yesterday, he was like, don't think it's not me too, because it's me too. Like, you know, I'm sure like, you know, someone would be like, um, but you're paid to pray for people. (laughs) Well, I didn't pray for that person. I tell I would, but I just, it slipped my mind. Yeah. You know, and then this, this is like a common, like, the next one and steve really hit it out there you know just you know this this concept of like you know hey luke how you doing i'm doing good you know doing good i'm okay yeah i'm good yeah but yeah like and so steve kind of put it this way like saying we're okay if we're not yeah i mean it's like we have an image and i think like until we can like melt our image down to say this is who god says i am we're, we're in spiritual dishonesty, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, it's like, and I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of the opposite spectrum. If I'm not okay, you're going to know, okay. you're going to know with yeah. my attitude. You're going to know <laughs> how I am. You're going to know, you know, because I'm like, I, I used to probably always say, Oh no, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to do this. You know? Well, it's American culture, right? Yeah, like, it is. Oh, what's up? Oh, we're doing great. You know, yeah, it's, it's always, there's only one answer to that question. Yeah. So to get the honest answer, you yeah. can't, you can't, you almost can't ask that question. You have to yeah. go deeper and yeah. you know, start a conversation, which is sad. Well, yeah, which is truly sad, like, especially if you know the person, yeah, you know, and so I think even within our own tight inner circles, sometimes I think, I think the thief delivers that lie that if we tell them we're not okay, then there's automatic like, oh, 
what's going on with him and God? Yeah. What's their relationship? And you're like, no, 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 no. My salvation. I need to know that I'm okay. And so I, 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 when we look at this spiritual dishonesty, I'm really just kind of boiling it down to kind of where Steve was at some with the foundation series before, but that if we do not know that we are securely in the hand of God for salvation and that Jesus has made us righteous, we're in spiritual dishonesty. We're, we're always in this state of confusion and flux because we are always seeking to make sure that we're good. Do you think there's a state you can be in where you're not dishonest at all? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, like, because to be there, you don't just have to be like perfect in a sense, right? I mean, I'm know. just going to go back to First John because he's <laughs> like, you know, if you say you're okay, you know, if you say you're not deceived, then you're deceived. Yeah, you know, and so I would say, like, yeah, there's always going to be this struggle, but there is this resilience in us of like, how long do I stay there? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Like, how long do I stay in this state of deception before I'm awakened? And I think part of not being deceived is knowing that you are deceived. Oh, totally. Right? So totally. it's kind of like yeah. a weird mindset. It is. It, it's just, yeah. Knowing and, that you're wrong. So asking for forgiveness, that kind yeah. of goes back to that. And so l- we're just going to jump in here because this is where Steve kind of landed it on Sunday. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so that there is, you know, what is the answer to spiritual dishonesty? I think our answer has to be confession to God. Mm-hmm. Our answer has to be reflective. And we are not a reflective culture. Like, we just don't reflect. I don't think we journal enough. I don't think we think about who we are, who God is, how do we fit into the world enough. I think we reflect other people way more than we reflect on our own. That's not reflection, it's judgment. That's true. We love to judge everybody else. We we don't want to call it that. Oh, I've just been reflecting about you, Lou. Just like, you know, no, I mean, it is. It's it's judgment. And then we're all so quick to judge. But so I think like when we look at this root issue, I mean, I want to attach it to salvation. Mm-hmm. I want to attach it to, like, do you know, like, if everything hit the wall right now, is God for you? Mm-hmm. And it's not based on any of my actions. It's based on my understanding that I am a deceivable creature. I am prone to being deceived, and I must come to God and confess that. Because now I'm saying my strength is in Him, my strength comes from Him, and no good I will ever do will equate me to being righteous. Says, Won't save you. Yeah. He is faithful. He is faithful to forgive us. He is faithful to remove unrighteousness. And if unrighteousness has been removed, I'm righteous. I mean, we used to, like, even, like, probably back when you were, like, in middle school, like, Danny Dangler and I, Young Life Area Director, you know, we would, like, he would, you know, people would be like, well, how are you, Danny? And he would just rub the table and he'd be like squeaky clean <laughs> and, and his point wasn't that danny dangler lives perfect it was his point was he understands his placement in god's kingdom is through jesus that's the amazing thing steve said it in the yeah. sermon he's like well you ask god for forgiveness he gives it to you freely right yeah. and you're you're clean in his eyes yeah. there's no sin in you yeah so that's that's the crazy idea and that, that the problem that we're going back to is like if you don't ask for that forgiveness you're not you clean, don't ask right? for that forgiveness so. yeah you know, and and I'm not going to say that it has to be a monthly thing, a bi-monthly thing, a daily thing. I'm just saying it's like, a hard thing. <laughs> it, it's a hard thing, but it, it's when you go there, then you've moved to a place where you say, I'm not deceived. Mm-hmm. I know I need forgiveness. 
And so I just want to challenge you out there this week, you know, to just think about deception. Think about like where in your life have you been deceived in your relationship with God, in your relationship with the church body, in your personal like actions, like are you deceived? Are are you buying a lie? And if so, go to God's word, go to first John chapter one, verse nine, and just put it before God. You know, because that's a question I ask sometimes. God, where am I deceived? Mm-hmm. Where am I believing a lie? Do you think a good way to kind of realize where you are deceived is like seeing what things you're trying to accomplish on your own and not giving to God? Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I'm doing this out of my own strength and all. But I mean, even to cut the chase, like that's being very reflective. Like, hmm, I must think. But if you just cut the chase and say, God, where am I being deceived? Show me deception in my life. And another way to look at it is like, a very simple phrase is like, God, what lies do I believe? What lies do I believe about myself? What lies do I believe about you? And when you ask that question, you know, he is faithful to forgive. He's faithful to make us righteous. He's faithful to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. And when you can answer, what lies am I believing? Like, am I fearful that if I don't go to church every Sunday, people will think I'm not saved? And if they think I'm not saved, maybe I'm not saved. And so it is, it's kind of just the root issue is we are all deceived. Yep. We're all like sheep and we need to acknowledge that and lay it before God and allow him to correct and shape us. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to this midweek jolt. We appreciate you. If you ever want to reach out to us, you can reach us at rootissues at ccasman.com. Hope you're having a wonderful week and thank you so much for tuning in. Till next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Luke. And we'll talk at you later.